Chapter 9, The Holy Spirit of Promise. Alright, buckle up, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> and verily I say unto you that the conditions of the law are these. All covenants, contracts, bonds, obligations, oaths, vows, performances, connections, associations, or expectations that are not made and entered into and sealed by the Holy Spirit of Promise of him who is anointed, both as well for time and for all eternity, and that too, most holy by revelation and commandments, through the medium of mine anointed, whom I have appointed on earth to hold this power, are of no efficacy, virtue, or force in and after the resurrection from the dead, for all contracts that are not made unto this end have an end when men are dead. Doctrine and Covenants 132, verse 7. Do the gods of light that dwell in the heavenly realms above us have what we in the telestial state would refer to as job descriptions? Are there glorious attributes that pertain to the various stations of deity? This is affirmative. For example, when we ponder the law, the light, and the justice, we are led to Heavenly Father. When we contemplate mercy and boundless love, we instinctively associate these things with Heavenly Mother. When the energies of the divine masculine and the divine feminine are balanced and combined, this creates the greatest power that exists in all the realms, principalities, and dominions. When our fondest imaginings take us to the Lord, Jesus Christ, we perceive him as the Savior, the Redeemer, and the Sealer, or he who ratifies and makes permanent on into the eternities those things that take place here on earth that are performed in righteousness. <clears throat> to seal is simply to approve, make permanent, to justify, or to ratify. Divine approbation is provided by the second comforter, which is Jesus Christ. The Father has granted total jurisdiction to his firstborn Son over the sacred things that pertain to this planet and this earth. Moreover, as this earth transitions from telestial to terrestrial at the beginning of the millennium, this earth, Idumea, transitions into a kolob, or celestial orb, which becomes a permanent heavenly residence for Christ at the end of his thousand-year millennial reign. In other words, his divine jurisdictional oversight as the sealer and the keeper of the gate continues through all phases of the ascending transitions. After Joseph Smith <clears throat> quotes John fourteen sixteen through 23 he declares, now what is this other comforter? It is no more nor less than the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and this is the sum and substance of the whole matter, that when any man obtains this last comforter, he will have the personage of Jesus Christ to attend him, or appear unto him from time to time, and even he will manifest the Father unto him, and they will take up their abode with him, and the visions of the heavens will be opened unto him, and the Lord will teach him face to face, and he may have a perfect knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. History of the Church, 381. Are we saved and well on our way to exaltation? Through the Savior's glorious atonement, we are all saved from physical death in this world by resurrection, and if we repent and come unto him, we can be saved from spiritual death. Yet there is much more. Exaltation comes through faith in receiving the saving priesthood ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ, obedience to the gospel laws, and enduring to the end. Yet that is only the beginning. We are also commanded and admonished to seek the three parts of our complete baptism, the baptism of water, the baptism of fire, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We are to enter into the new and everlasting covenant with Father, 
in heaven and offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit and seek to always have his spirit to be with us. Keeping this covenant is the beginning on a path of ascension to return to our glorious heavenly family. This path of progression has steps in which we seek to receive saving ordinances to help us progress and achieve our potential as divine offspring of deity and to become like them. We are commanded and invited to seek his face and enter into his rest in this life. Sacred ordinances of ascension need to be received and then sealed upon us by the Holy Spirit of promise, a role that is performed by Jesus Christ himself. There are two parts to an ordinance, the ordination and then the sealing of the ordination, which is done by Jesus Christ, who acts as the Holy Spirit of promise, for it to be validated and completed. The prophet Joseph Smith taught about the Godhead and how they are unified in purpose, yet separate personages, and they include Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and they serve in covenant and perform different functions for the salvation of and exaltation of the human family. Footnote, Joseph Fielding Smith, Compiler, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 190. The Holy Spirit of Promise is a specific role, title, function of Jesus Christ, as he works in harmony and unity with the Godhead to bless and help the human family. The Holy Spirit of Promise is a sacred role performed by our Lord and Savior, Master Jesus Christ. The Prophet Joseph Smith taught that many in our dispensation of time were called and foreordained to specific missions in mortality, which is found in Teachings, page 365. He said, It is time for those who have been foreordained to awake and arise. As Latter-day Saint servants and true followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have end-time missions and assignments we need to be aware of and seek revelation from God to know our purpose, to fulfill our divine roles and callings. We are at the time and the dispensation to prepare the earth for the great and terrible day, terrible day as Joel 2, verse 31 states, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. We are here to prepare to welcome the glorious return of our Savior and Lord and King to create Zion and to build a temple in New Jerusalem in these last days. Section, Feed My Lambs, Feed My Sheep. We are to seek greater knowledge, light, and truth from God. The Apostle Paul taught that our spiritual instruction must include substantive meat instead of solely milk or even symbolically skim milk. Hebrews 5, 11-14 teaches us, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We are admonished to study and learn the mysteries of the kingdom of God. The scriptures teach about the Holy Spirit of promise, and that it is a role performed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as it relates to our ascension and progression on our path to return to him. Jesus admonishes his disciples to feed my lambs, feed my sheep. In John 21, 15-17, Jesus saith unto his disciples, So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. 
He saith unto him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. We as followers of Jesus, who seek to love and serve him, are to feed both his little lambs and his grown sheep. We are to teach Heavenly Father's children, beginning at the level of the lamb, and nourish them with the good word of God, as they are young in the gospel, and then symbolically as they become sheep, where they are to be taught to seek the mysteries of the gospel, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ seals exalting priesthood ordinances, acting in his very specific role as the Holy Spirit of promise. These exalting ordinances open channels where intelligence, divine light, truth, and power flow to bless our lives and ultimately sanctify us. The purpose of this chapter is to explain that the Holy Spirit of promise, even the sacred role performed by Jesus Christ, is the one who validates, ratifies, and seals priesthood ordinances extended to us for our salvation and exaltation. Jesus Christ will delegate responsibility and assignments to others when it is appropriate to help them progress and ascend, but his role as the Holy Spirit of promise will always be done by him. Section, the keeper of the gate is none other than Jesus Christ. The Holy One of Israel is he who retains the kingship and the keys to the kingdom. The attributes and stewardships that we ascribe to the keeper of the gate are identified, no, are identical to those of the Holy Spirit of promise. In 2 Nephi 9.41 we read, Behold, the way for man is narrow, but it lieth in a straight course before him, and the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant there, and there is none other way, save it be by the gate. For he cannot be deceived, for the Lord God is his name. Section, My first experience with Jesus Christ personally blessing me. There was a time about four years ago that my whole body was covered in a rash, with red dots all over my skin. I needed help to function and heal. I had to balance responsibilities at work and care for home and family. It was a busy time. There was no one around that could give me a priesthood blessing in my time of need. I remembered hearing a story that Emma Smith desired a blessing of Joseph Smith while Joseph Smith was in Carthage jail. She was told to write down her blessing and that it would be given her. In Doctrine and Covenants 25.3, Emma Smith is told, Behold, thy sins are forgiven thee. Thou art an elect lady whom I have called. I felt I should follow the counsel given to her, as she was a faithful, righteous, elect lady, and to write down my own blessing and plead for the desires of my heart. In my kitchen I wrote the blessing I was requesting and desiring for my health and well-being, and that I could continue in my roles and responsibilities. I trusted in my Lord, the great high priest, and in his power to bless and heal. I called out mightily to Father in prayer. As I was writing my blessing, I felt and sensed a presence in the room. There was light, peace, holiness, energy, divinity, and an answer to a prayer. I felt and knew I was in the presence of Jesus Christ. It was sacred and real. Though I am a very quick writer, his presence felt fast and intense, and I was able to write the blessing he gave me as well. The presence, energy, and light in the room were palpable. He blessed me as his hands were laid upon my head. There was a calm and a reassurance. My blessing was written by me, yet I also received a blessing from Jesus Christ. This changed my life and let me know he really is involved in the intimate details of our lives, and he is there to continually lead, guide, and bless us if we ask him. I am humbled and in awe that an ordinary person could plead out to the God of the universe and the Son of God 
would come to me personally in my own home and bless me personally. My healing was not instantaneous. It took about a month. I was guided continually on how to heal from the rash. I would rely on and ask God daily what I had to do to lead me through my own personal steps for healing. Some days I would put coconut oil or clay on my skin. Other days to soak in Epsom salt or various other simple home remedies. I was patient and relied upon the Lord and he guided me to complete to a complete and full healing. I was humbled and in awe that our Savior can and did come to me individually in my time of need. Jesus Christ came and blessed, and his presence and light and spirit continued to linger. It was such a holy experience, it left me craving and desiring more time to be in his glorious presence. I know he has all the time in the world for us, as we operate on different levels of time, and he has all of eternity. This experience taught me that Christ is real, he loves us, blesses us, and wants to progress wants us to progress, ascend, and come to him. This was the catalyst to propel me on the path of learning, seeking the mysteries of God, and ascending into his glorious presence. Section, the Holy Spirit of Promise is specific role performed by Jesus Christ. God is a God of order. He administers his operations in an orderly manner within the kingdom of God. The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost have divine stewardships. The Godhead is unified in mind and in purpose and work in harmony. The members of the Godhead abide by and follow divine laws. It states in Doctrine and Covenants 130, 20-21, There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of the world, upon which all blessings are predicated, and when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is, upon which it is <laughs> predicated. Jesus fulfills his specific role and assignments as the Holy Spirit of promise, and he seals the ordination or blessing relating to our progression and ascension to him. We are to be obedient to the laws of God and to keep our covenants. As we obey God's laws, we receive his blessings. The Holy Spirit of promise, even the role performed by Jesus Christ, acts in accordance and in unity with God to administer and seal priesthood ordinations. All blessings come from them. The Holy Spirit of promise, a role fulfilled by Jesus Christ, works in unity with the Godhead to bear witness of and testify of truth. Elohim, or all of deity, are united in purpose. It states in Moses 139, For behold, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Our Heavenly Father is there to help us eternally, and they work in unison for our progression and welfare, and to bring us back into the kingdom of God. Their work includes the gathering of Israel and the salvation and ascension of our souls. Scripturally, the Holy Spirit of promise and the Spirit of truth both are names and titles and roles of Jesus Christ. In John 14, Jesus Christ, when speaking with his disciples, promises them another comforter, the Spirit of truth. Even himself as another comforter, the second comforter, as we read in John fourteen fifteen through 21 If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seemeth him not, seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. These verses give us such hope and promise 
As Jesus testifies, he performs in the role of the Spirit of Truth, and he will come to us. He is the resurrected Lord, and we are to love him and keep his commandments, and he will show himself unto us as we seek him earnestly. Jesus Christ fulfills the role of the Spirit of Truth. He testifies and witnesses truth. He seals an ordination by his role as the Holy Spirit of Promise, and he is another comforter, or the second comforter. Section There is a priesthood ordination, then a sealing of the ordination by Jesus Christ. There are two parts to every priesthood ordinance, the ordination itself and then the sealing of the ordination, which is done by Jesus Christ. In his role as the Holy Spirit of promise, the person giving the ordination needs to have the authority in the priesthood bestowed upon him by ordination and by the sealing done by the Holy Spirit of promise performed by Jesus Christ. Divine beings and power come through saving priesthood ordinances administered by worthy priesthood holders who have diligently sought to receive a priesthood ordination from Christ and have it sealed by him in his specific role as the Holy Spirit of promise. Ordinances open a connection to heaven, allowing one to plead for the power and blessings to flow from Jesus Christ as he is the only one to seal the ordination. An earthly ordinance done by mortal hands needs to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. A sealing of earthly ordinances and covenants is conditional. It depends on the personal worthiness, righteousness, commitment, and desire of the person. The sealing of priesthood ordinances is done by the Holy Spirit of promise. The person, after receiving an ordination, needs to seek and plead with Christ to have the ordination sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. To facilitate and seek to have an ordination sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, one enters into the new and everlasting covenant. They are to offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which includes deep humility, repentance, and righteousness, and then they can plead to receive the sealing of the ordination from Jesus Christ in his specific role as the Holy Spirit of promise. They can commit to have any experience or to be tried and tested that they can be found worthy to have the ordination blessing or promise sealed on them by Jesus Christ. Most things in this celestial mortality are symbolic as it relates to our progression to come into the presence of God. If a couple is married in the temple, their sealing is only symbolic. They are counseled and admonished to have their marriage sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, a role done by Jesus Christ to seal their union. A person or a couple need to live righteously and be true and faithful and keep all their covenants with God. Christ will only seal an ordinance to bless and help people progress, never to hurt or condemn. However, people have agency and can be led into temptation and sin and transgress. Doctrine and Covenants 20, verses 32-33 warn, But there is a possibility that man may fall from grace and depart from the living God. Therefore, let the church take heed and pray always, lest they fall into temptation. God is always loving, merciful, and full of grace and truth if people will repent and come unto him. We are admonished to be humble, teachable, and always follow Jesus Christ in his teachings. The sealing done by the Holy Spirit of promise will only be given when the person is ready and fully committed to live and keep the ordinations bestowed upon them. Ordinations and sealings of our of our ordinations are designed to bless us and help us progress to Godhood. All ordinances, including temple ordinances, are symbolic and provide a pattern of what we are to ask and seek from the Lord himself. Our blessings, based on our obedience and faithfulness, will come from Jesus Christ, who acts in the sacred role of the Holy Spirit of promise. An ordination may take place by the hands of mortal, or an immortal, or heavenly being. The sealing of the ordinance is always done by the Holy Spirit of promise, performed by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the keeper of the gate. He helps us progress and repent and come unto him. He acts as the Holy Spirit of promise and can seal ordinations upon us. His role becomes part of who he is. 
He is able to ordain us and seal the ordination for us and do both parts of the ordination done directly by him and his role he fulfills as the Holy Spirit of promise. Second Nephi 9.41 states, O then, my beloved brethren, come unto the Lord, the Holy One. Remember that his paths are righteous. Behold, the way for men is narrow, but it lieth in a straight course before him, and the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant there. And there is none other way, save it be by the gate, for he cannot be deceived, for the Lord God is his name. Jesus Christ is the Holy One of Israel, to help us ascend and come to him. He employs no other servant. Each step we progress on our path to him is overseen and sealed by him. In his role, he fulfills as the Holy Spirit of promise. Section. My ordination and sealing of the ordination came directly from Jesus Christ. My calling to be a servant of the Savior was done directly by Jesus Christ, who acts in the role of the Holy Spirit of promise. He ordained me and sealed the ordination I received. I studied deeply the Word of God and was able to attend a beautiful spiritual lecture all about the atonement and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I had already received my full baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost four months previously. I was invited by a servant of God to have an Enoch-type prayer and to pray mightily all night long. I was admonished to pray to be clean before the Lord and plead to be his servant. After the spiritual lecture, I poured out my heart to God, and I prayed for about three hours until I fell asleep, exhausted, um, on the couch. There, This was on my birthday. The gift to the Savior I wanted to give him was to be his servant and serve him faithfully. I always, I also desired with all of my heart to be clean and to be his servant and friend. A few days later, in the early morning of my holy and sacred time with my beloved Elohim, my Savior came to me. He was there clearly in front of me. He lovingly and carefully washed my feet. The resurrected Lord was in my room. I was in my bedroom writing my revelations and communications with God. I was expressing my desires to be a servant, to be clean, and my love, praise, and gratitude for God. I was sitting up in my bed in vision, but also in the reality and in the presence of my Savior and Redeemer Jesus Christ. He looked at me with such love and compassion and even gratitude. He had a white cloth that he would wash my feet with and then my whole body. He would hold up the white cloth up to his ribcage where he was stabbed, where it had the mark of the atonement and where he suffered, bled, and died. When he was stabbed in the heart, water poured out showing he had died of a broken heart. Jesus would let his precious blood spill out of it and would turn the cloth red. He would then wash me with his blood, and then the cloth would turn white. He had a clean white cloth, and he was gently clean. He was gently cleansed me and washed me as he performed the sacred ordinance of washing my feet, purifying and cleansing me, and making me his servant. He symbolically and literally was washing me and purifying me with his blood. I was being made clean before my Maker, my Lord, my God. I was being ordained, purified, and cleansed as a servant of Christ. He continued to let the white cloth fill up again and again with his blood as he held it near his heart on his left side, and he would lovingly and humbly wash me repeatedly. I asked him to cleanse all of me and to really scrub my hands, my heart, and my mind especially. I pled to wash away all my sins, iniquities, unbeliefs, and idolatry, even the idols of my heart. This was part... Of the mighty baptism of fire that I received at the hands of the Lord. He washed my whole body again and again as he sanctified me and purified me through his atoning blood. 
He also stood by my head after he performed the sacred ordinance to bless me and to seal the ordination on me as the Holy Spirit had promised. He put his glorious hands on my head and blessed me, and he sealed the ordination that I had just received from him. Jesus taught his disciples that if he does not wash and cleanse them, they are not his. He will call, ordain, and seal the ordination for his servants. In John 13, 5-10, Jesus teaches his disciples, After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash his disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. I was humbled in an awe that the, sa the divine Savior of the world would come and cleanse me and wash my feet, even my whole body, with his atoning blood. I felt completely purified and cleansed by the blood and sacrifice of my Savior and Redeemer. I was able to record it all in my journal, my own personal sacred plates. This was a most holy and sacred experience, and I share it to encourage you to seek him in all you do, and that you can... You too can seek and receive your own sacred experiences from the Lord himself. He has the power to ordain you and to seal the ordination by his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. We are taught by Nephi to not rely on the arm of flesh, but to trust and rely on the Lord himself in all things. As it states in 2 Nephi 4.34, O Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh. For I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. Yea, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. We are to learn to rely and depend completely on the Lord himself. He is always there for us, and eagerly and joyfully willing to serve us and help us to ascend. We are able to have a personal, close, and intimate relationship with our Lord, Savior, and Redeemer. He is our great high priest, the Holy One. As we trust and rely on him, he blesses us and sanctifies us. He helps us ascend as we seek to be close with him. He draws closer to us. James 4, 8 states, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We are to sincerely repent of our thoughts, words, and deeds, and seek to have Jesus Christ purify our hearts. Our mind and heart need to be unified and to be completely focused on our Savior as we plead to access his holy atonement on our behalf. We can receive priesthood ordinations and the sealing of ordinations directly from Jesus Christ and have them sealed by his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. As we draw near unto him, he draws near unto us and we can continually seek him and enter the new and everlasting covenant with him. He is there to bless, redeem, sanctify, purify, and forgive us. Section the Holy Ghost is first comforter, and Jesus Christ is the second comforter. In the Greek translation of John chapter 14, verses 15 through 23, it is very clear that the he to whom Christ is referring is himself, not the Holy Ghost. The he in these verses is reflexive, or in other words, third-person speech, i.e. third-person personal pronoun. Jesus Christ had already made mention of the Holy Ghost as the first comforter in the beginning of the 14th chapter of John. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Parentheses, you know what it states in Greek. End parentheses. 
And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth within you. And with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At this day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. Section. The appearance of both the Father and the Son is a personal appearance. As a continuation of what is found in John 14.23, we learn from the following, from D&C 130, verses 1-3. through 3. When the Savior shall appear, we shall see him as he is. We shall see that he is a man like ourselves. And that same sociality which exists among us here will exist among us there, only it will be coupled with eternal glory, which glory we do not now enjoy. Compared to John 14.23, the appearance of the Father and the Son in that verse in the personal appearance and the idea of the Father and the Son dwell in a man's heart is an old sectarian notion and is false. Section the four orders of the holy priesthood of God. Number one, Levitical priesthood, which has the power to bind heavy burdens. Number two, Aaronic priesthood, the power to bless the sacrament and baptize by water. Three, Apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, also known as the fullness of Christ's priesthood. Four, the Patriarchal order of the Melchizedek priesthood, also known as Heavenly Father's priesthood. The Patriarchal Order of the Melchizedek Priesthood is described in Doctrine and Covenants 107, and in Alma 13, verses 6-7, through 7, it states, And thus being called by the holy calling, and ordained unto the high priesthood of the holy order of God, to teach his commandments unto the children of men, that they also might enter into his rest. This high priesthood, being after the order of his Son, which order was from the foundation of the world, or in other words, being without beginning of days or end of years, being prepared from eternity to all eternity according to his foreknowledge of all things. This high priesthood is Heavenly Father's priesthood, and it is received directly from him. It is the celestial heavenly priesthood. It is not necessary to have it sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise as it comes directly from God the Father. This is the priesthood of God the Father throughout all of the eternities. The apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood is the fullness of Christ's priesthood in Doctrine and Covenants 84, 18-25. It states, And the Lord confirmed a priesthood also upon Aaron and his seeds throughout all their generations, which priesthood also continueth and abideth forever with the priesthood which is after the holiest order of God. And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, even the key of the knowledge of God. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest, and without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. For without this no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. Now this Moses plainly taught unto the children of Israel in the wilderness, and sought diligently to sanctify his people, that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts, and could not enter his presence. Therefore the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Therefore he took Moses out of their midst, and the holy priesthood also. The power of God manifest is the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost received by Jesus Christ himself. 
We are to enter into the new and everlasting covenant and to offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit that he will baptize us with fire and the Holy Ghost as we seek to follow the doctrine of Christ. We are all commanded to seek God's face. The Israelites refused to behold the face of God and Moses and the holy priesthood were taken out of their midst. As we read these verses about Moses and the Israelites is, is also a parable referring to Joseph Smith and the early saints as he too sought diligently to sanctify his people. The Israelites is synonymous with the early church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. These verses are symbolic and parallel of the early Latter-day Saints who were admonished to seek the Lord, the face of God, but did not, and the prophet Joseph Smith and the holy priesthood were taken out of their midst. The apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, or the fullness of Christ's priesthood, is a terrestrial priesthood with the main message and teaching is to be sanctified and receive your baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, and then to seek the face of God. The Aaronic priesthood, the lesser priesthood, also includes the Levitical priesthood. The Israelites and early church Early members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints were left with the Aaronic Priesthood. The Aaronic Priesthood is explained in Doctrine and Covenants 84, 26-27, it states, And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key to the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and the remission of sins and the law of carnal commandments, which the Lord in his wrath caused to continue with the house of Aaron among the children of Israel until John, whom God raised up, being filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. The Israelites and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints operate under the lesser priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood. The main message taught today is a telestial message of the gospel of repentance, baptism of water, and remission of sins. A terrestrial message, as Joseph Smith taught the early saints, is to seek your baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, and to enter into the new and everlasting covenant, and offer up a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and be baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost by Jesus Christ himself, and have it sealed by his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. 3 Nephi 9.20 We are commanded to seek the face of God. Doctrine and Covenants 91, or 93 verse 1 there are four orders of the priesthood, and a righteous, faithful man can seek to have these ordained upon him. An authorized Aaronic priesthood holder can ordain a man to the Aaronic priesthood, and the recipient can seek to have it sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. A man will need to not only pay the price for priesthood power through sacrifice, righteous living, and obedience, but to seek to receive it and have it ordained and sealed directly by Jesus Christ. To receive the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, or the fullness of Christ's priesthood, the ordination and the sealing of the ordination come directly from Jesus Christ. To receive the patriarchal order of the Melchizedek priesthood, it must be received directly from God the Father. A man is invited to seek and receive all of these orders of the priesthood as he seeks to receive his baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, his second comforter, and seek the face of God. There is a required ordination and sealing of the priesthood ordination as a man ascends to higher levels. These are achieved as one humbly and continuously enters into the new and everlasting covenant and offers up a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Section Women and the Matriarchal Priesthood A woman's journey and requirements to ascend and progress on the path to godhood are different than a man's. Men and women have different roles and responsibilities. A woman, by her divine nature, sacrifices and gives life to children. She bears, nurtures, teaches, loves, guides, and cares for children. There is a sanctification and purification that comes to her and is given her because of her divinity and sacred roles as a wife and mother. She is a co-creator with God to bear his spirit children. She is a divine vessel to bring forth future Christs and eternal gods. 
She does not have priesthood levels or requirements to ascend into the presence of God as a man does. Men and women have similar steps to ascend to Father and Mother in Heaven. There are steps that are unique to their gender and their roles. A man's progression will include receiving the priesthood from both Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father directly. A woman receives her priesthood directly from Heavenly Mother. To be on the path of ascension, a woman is to seek and receive her baptism of fire, baptism of water, fire, and the Holy Ghost, thus making her the elect of God. And in the house of Israel, she becomes a daughter of God, a servant, and receives her calling and election. This would put her in the terrestrial level of the church of christ she can continue to ascend and she is invited to come into the presence of jesus christ and see his face and the marks of the atonement for her second comforter experience when she receives her second comforter she is then part of the church of the firstborn the celestial level and receives her calling and election made sure this is the promise and hope of eternal life with god she becomes an apostolic witness of the marks of the wounds of the atonement of our lord and savior jesus christ with that sure witness, she is invited as a servant and a friend of Christ to be a missionary for the church of the firstborn and to share her witness and testimony of Christ as directed by him. After a woman has been in the presence of Christ in his glory, she is invited to come back on a subsequent visit to have Christ introduce her to his father, God the Father. On yet another visit in the heavenly realm, she is to ask Heavenly Father to present her to Heavenly Mother. When a daughter meets her heavenly parents with... Uh, what a blessed and wonderful day that will be when a huh yeah when a daughter meets her heavenly mother i would imagine would be a most glorious holy and sacred day as that is when the matriarchal priesthood of heavenly mother will be conferred upon her she is blessed to receive and be ordained the matriarchal priesthood directly from the hands of mother in heaven the sacred ordination will not need to be sealed by the holy spirit of promise as it is directly mother's priesthood and received from her personally a woman's purpose and role is to ascend to the level of a mary to be the wife or the mother of a savior jesus christ as she progresses to be a mother in heaven or a queen and priestess unto the most high god when a woman has received her calling and election and her baptism of fire and the holy ghost she can be directed by elohim to seek and begin the process of translation as she continues ascending up to him the loving and eternal work of our beloved unified Elohim, our heavenly family, is the gathering of Israel and helping their spirit children to ascend and become like them. Section. The scriptures teach Jesus Christ has a role of, has the role of the Holy Spirit of promise. Jesus Christ performs in the role of the Holy Spirit of promise as you read and understand the scriptures and more about his mission and purpose. For surely these things teach us that those who are just and true are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. How can we come into the church of the firstborn? How can we be cleansed and purified by the Holy Spirit and have blessings sealed upon us by Jesus Christ, even the Holy Spirit of promise? These verses are vitally important as they explain the progression to become part of God's church, the celestial order, into the church of the firstborn. 1 Nephi 14.10 warns, And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only, and one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to that great church, which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. Who will we choose? Are we fully committed to completely and faithfully following God and coming into the church of the firstborn, or the church of the Lamb of God? Joshua led his people and asked them who they will serve in Joshua 24.15, states, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom you will serve, whether the gods or 
which your fathers served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua mightily, mightily declares, For me and my house we will serve the Lord. What an example of strength and leadership he demonstrated. Let's unite and be servants of the true and living God in these last days and truly serve the Lord. God's invite again and again is for all his children to repent and come unto me and to choose him this day. We are commanded to come to him and to seek his face and to ascend into his presence in his full glory to enter into his rest. Sorry about that. Section. To be sealed by the Holy Spirit of Promise is a second comforter experience, which is, in part, the official gateway to membership in the Church of the Firstborn. In verse 53 of DNC 76, we review the baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Subsequently, the words of Christ are placed into our hearts and expanded within us through true discipleship. The Spirit teaches us all things that we need to do and to become, to enter into the very presence of Christ, and to be taught directly by the Savior. Seeking after Christ, receiving Christ, and acting on revelation are key to overcoming the world. To become a member of the Church of the Firstborn, one must be sealed by the Holy Spirit of Promise, which is one of the functions of the Second Comforter, as is set forth in Doctrine and Covenants 76, verses 50-70. through 70. Although we will present a mere synopsis as follows. Verse 50, this is the testimony of Jesus Christ. They are they who receive the testimony of Jesus. They receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. They are they into whose hands the Father hath given all things. They are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and of his glory and are priests of the Most High after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten Son. Wherefore it is written, they are gods, even the sons of God. Uh, notice the little g, big g in verse 58 there. Wherefore, all things are theirs, whether life or death, or things present or things to come, all are theirs, and they are Christ's, and Christ is God's, and they shall overcome all things. Wherefore, let no man glory in man, but rather let him glory in God, who shall subdue all enemies under his feet. These shall dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever and ever. These are they whom he shall bring with him when he shall come in the clouds of heaven to reign on the earth over his people. These are they who shall have part in the first resurrection. These are they who are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all. These are they who have come to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the Enoch and of the firstborn. These are they whose names are written in heaven, who are God and Christ are the judge of all. These are they who are just men made perfect through Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood. These are they whose bodies are celestial, whose glory is that of the Son, even the glory of God, the highest of all, whose glory the Son of the firmament is written of as being typical. Section. The path of ascension is directed and inspired by Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of Promise has a crucial role to seal the ordinations in our path to progression and ascension. At the end of the millennium, there will be only two churches. Which one will we be in? Will we commit to choose and follow God and Him alone? The choice will be ours, and we can ponder 
who is on the Lord's side and follow him faithfully so we can be in the church of the firstborn or the church of the Lamb of God. The path of ascension is like a vacuum with an inverted funnel to come up to the Lord's presence. Think of a pyramid and getting to the top as the highest level of ascension. The telestial level at the bottom is symbolic of the telestial earth. People of all faiths from the whole world, including members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Methodists, Jews, all Christians, Baptists, Muslims, all in this level. The telestial level of the gospel includes all peoples and religions. The preparatory gospel is taught, which is the gospel of repentance and baptism and the remission of sins. God's invite is to all of his children to repent and come unto me. Ever our example, Christ taught us what we must do in 3 Nephi 27.20. Now this is the commandment, Repent all ye ends of the earth, and come unto me, and be baptized in my name, that ye may be sanctified by the reception of the Holy Ghost, that ye may stand spotless before me at the last day. All of his children are commanded and invited to repent and be baptized in his name, be sanctified and receive the Holy Ghost, or the three parts to our full baptism of by water, fire, and by the Holy Ghost. We are to repent and come and seek the Lord and his truth and doctrine. We are to enter into the new and everlasting covenant and offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit and to be baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost by Jesus Christ himself. This ordinance is sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. 3 Nephi 9.20 states, And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Even as the Lamanites, because of their faith in me at the time of their conversion, were baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost, and they knew it not. Those who follow God's admonition and sincerely repent can come into the church of Christ, receive their baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, receive their calling and election, and be in the terrestrial level. The person has the Gentile blood burned out of them, they become the pure blood of Israel, and they become the elect of God. Christ will perform and seal these ordinances on them in his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. To come into the celestial level, the person is invited to come into the presence of Jesus Christ in glory and to receive their calling and election made sure. The funnel becomes narrower as fewer and fewer will seek to follow God and seek his glory and exaltation for themselves. We say we want to be gods and goddesses, but are we willing to do what it takes to get there? Nephi warns us of our day in 28... Uh, I'm guessing 2nd Nephi 28.14. Might be 1st Nephi 28.14. I haven't looked it up. They wear stiff necks and high heads, yea, and because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray, save it be a few, who are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led, that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Are we willing to be truth seekers, repentant, teachable, and be part of the few humble followers of Jesus? Are we willing to seek to be taught by God himself? God is no respecter of persons and wants all of his children to repent and return and come to him. He wants us all home. Jesus Christ, who acts in the role of the Holy Spirit of promise, working in unison with the Father, desires to bless us and seal blessings and ordinations upon all of our heads. Section. Jesus Christ is another comforter, even the second comforter. We are taught that the second comforter is another comforter. It includes the promise of eternal life, which is to have one's calling and election made sure. When you receive the second comforter experience, you come into the church of the firstborn. We are taught in Doctrine and Covenants 88, 3-5, it states, Wherefore I now send upon you another comforter, even upon you, my friends, that it may abide in your hearts, even the Holy Spirit of promise, which other comforter is the same that I promised unto my disciples, as is recorded in the testimony of John. 
This comforter is the promise which I give unto you of eternal life, even the glory of the celestial kingdom, which glory is that of the church of the firstborn, even of God the holiest of all, through Jesus Christ his Son. The second comforter is Jesus Christ, and he seals and gives this experience to be in his glorious divine presence from him as we earnestly seek him. He seals the ordinance of our calling and election made sure upon us as part of his whole, no, as part of his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. We receive the hope and promise of eternal life. We come into the church of the firstborn, the celestial level, into the church of God the Father. The Holy Spirit of promise done by Jesus Christ seals our eternal salvation. We can have a promise and hope to trust in our Lord and Savior, our great high priest. We are taught in Ephesians 1, 12-13, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also have trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We can have confidence in our Lord and Savior in that as we continually enter into the new and everlasting covenant, we are on the path to bring us into his glorious presence and to receive the necessary ordinances of salvation and have them sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. A very specific role of Jesus, or of Christ as it relates to our ascension into his presence. Section. Jesus Christ sealed my baptism of fire, Holy Ghost, and Second Comforter. I have been immensely blessed directly and personally by my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus is my great high priest and king, my Lord and my God. I repented and prayed mightily for my baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost on January 1st, 2018. I was encircled about by a pillar of fire. I was surrounded by and felt the presence of angels. I felt Christ himself was in my midst and that his hands were placed upon my head and he sealed this most sacred and holy ordinance on me as his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. I received this ordinance directly from him. There was a holiness, peace, reverence, and incredible light and energy. I was with the divine as I received an answer to my pleadings and prayers. I felt and knew I was in the presence of Jesus Christ. It was sacred, real, and palpable. The Holy Spirit of promise, a sacred role of Jesus Christ, came and performed the sealing of the ordination. His presence, his light, and spirit linger. Jesus Christ comes deliberately and fulfills his role and assignment as the Holy Spirit of promise as his presence and light enters and he seals the ordination. It is such an incredibly joyous and happy experience to be in the sacred and holy presence of our Lord and Master and receive these ordinances directly from him. When I received my second comforter experience in Parawan Gap, Utah, on October 21, 2018, I pled and cried out to the Almighty God. I felt very specifically that Jesus Christ came to me during the experience and placed his hands on my head and blessed me to have courage to be able to part the veil and to come into his presence in glory. He took off his own personal red robe that I have seen him wear in my visions and interactions with him when he officiates in sacred priesthood ordinances. He placed it over me as a covering or as a kafar, a shield and protection over me that I would be able to withstand his presence in glory. When I wear a burgundy-colored sweater, it reminds me of the Lord's grace, his mercy and protection that he suffered and died for me, and that his precious blood was freely spilt on my behalf, and that he literally covers me and makes up all the difference. He is the difference. He literally covered me with his priesthood robes to be able to ascend into his presence. Jesus Christ came unto me, blessed me, and sealed the blessings of the ordinations of my second comforter and calling and election made sure ordinances. I was sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Jesus comes deliberately and fulfills his role and assignment as the Holy Spirit of promise as his presence and light enters and he seals the ordination and blessings. He reached out his loving hands with the marks of the atonement, and I was able to enter into his presence in his full glory. 
I was able to worship and cry, feel and testify at his hands and feet. I was transfigured to withstand his glory and brightness. I had an out-of-body experience when my spirit ascended up to him and my body was on the earth, protected and sheltered by his grace. I was literally at the throne of the Most High God and got to become an apostolic witness of the marks of and the wounds of the atonement of Jesus Christ in his full glory. I testify as an apostolic witness, even a sure witness, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he lives. His hands of love and mercy and forgiveness are extended to all who seek him and repent and come unto him. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Resurrected Lord. Section. Priesthood ordinances come when we enter into the new and everlasting covenant. There are multiple estates or levels of existence. Our first estate refers to our premortal existence in the spirit realm, where we lived with heavenly parents. Our second estate refers to this earth life, our mortal probation, where we came to earth to gain a physical body, work out our own salvation, and serve the Lord. We are to seek to progress in this mortality that we can have an afterlife where glory can be added upon our heads forever and ever. We are divine offspring of deity, and we are to seek to develop and obtain our full potential. We are commanded to seek his face and enter into his rest and glory. There are steps of progression we are admonished to take to progress to receive of our calling and election made sure. A priesthood ordinance is performed by a priesthood holder for the spiritual benefit of an individual. A worthy priesthood holder has to have received his own ordination by a mortal or non-mortal being who has authority from Jesus Christ, then the sealing of the ordination by Jesus Christ himself, in his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. An ordinance opens a connection to heaven to bless them, to increase in light, truth, knowledge, and intelligence. Ordinances are to bless God's children and are to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We are to continually enter into the new and everlasting covenant with a repentant, broken heart, and contrite spirit. Priesthood ordinances have two parts, an ordination and then a sealing of the ordination done by Jesus Christ. Ordinances are instructive and symbolic. Sacred ordinances are parts of God's plan of salvation and were established in the premortal realm. Receiving ordinations and having them sealed by Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit of promise, are required for entering celestial glory and receiving your second comforter experience. The Holy Spirit of promise, even being in the presence of Jesus Christ, occurs when a righteous individual has their calling and election made sure and is sealed up to eternal life. More people will awake to the knowledge, idea, and understanding that they have not received their baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. There will be opportunities to receive additional priesthood ordinances and have them sealed by Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of promise. Priesthood ordinances are received by one, are received by one, if one is humble, repentant, and righteous. Ordinances are received and sealed based on faithfulness, worthiness, and in God's timing. We may receive the symbolism of that ordination, but all ordinations and of exaltation must to, must to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise to make them valid. The Holy Spirit of promise, a very specific and sacred role of Jesus Christ, must seal all ordinances of salvation to have them accepted in heaven. The Holy Spirit of promise not only gives the hope of promise hope and promise the ordinance has been sealed by the hands of our Savior, but it actually has been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Ordinances of the gospel have blessings and promises which are confirmed through the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise is available to all who receive a valid ordination and who are in the new and everlasting covenant with God. The Holy Spirit of promise will seal the ordination when a person receives their baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost from Jesus Christ. They are cleansed, purified, and sanctified men, have consistently entered into the new and everlasting covenant. 
A person is to keep, accept, live, and obey their covenants. We are admonished to obey the ordinances of God as stated in DNC 52, 15 through 16. Wherefore, he that prayeth, whose spirit is contrite, the same is accepted of me as if he obeys mine ordinances. He that speaketh, whose spirit is contrite, whose language is meek and edifieth, the same is of God if he obey mine ordinances. When the Holy Spirit of promise seals an ordinance, the person needs to continue to be righteous, worthy, and continually enter into the new and everlasting covenant. When they receive their calling and election made sure, they have proved that they have passed the tests and live in a pattern of worthiness in their life. To be sealed up into eternal life is such a glorious blessing offered to those in the church of the firstborn. To be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise is to be, and being in the glorious presence of Jesus Christ in a second comforter experience is having one's calling and election made sure. When an individual is born of God or has their baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, they receive the sealing and the ordination by the Holy Spirit of promise. We are taught in the JST of John 3, 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not continue in sin, for the Spirit of God remaineth in him, and he cannot continue to sin because he is born of God, having received that Holy Spirit of promise. To be born of God is to have a mighty change of heart and no more disposition to do evil. This happens at the event of the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Jesus seals this ordination in his role, the Holy Spirit of promise. During a person's second comforter experience, they receive their calling and election made sure, and they are in the full glorious presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his role as the Holy Spirit of promise seals them up to the promise of eternal life. Section Sealing of an ordination comes by Jesus Christ and in heaven's perfect timing. God is so loving, kind, and merciful. His plan is to always help us ascend and understand who we are and who we can become. He does not want to condemn his children, but to always love and bless them. A sealing of an ordination will not take place until the person has shown an exhibited righteous living and has consistently entered into the new and everlasting covenant. A person must continually offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Some may ask, when does the sealing of our saving... When does the sealing of our saving... <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's so many typos and weird line breaks and stuff in here. Um, when does the sealing of our saving priesthood ordinances occur? When we are ready, and it depends on our faith, commitment, righteousness, progression, and diligence on our path to return to God. We may ask, inquire, and seek answers from Heavenly Father to learn of our status before him. Enos, for example, approached God in mighty prayer about his state of righteousness before the Lord. Because of his mighty prayer, he had a wrestle with God and he received answers. Enos received forgiveness and remissions of his sins. This is symbolic of his baptism of fire of the Holy Ghost. Enos was made whole because of his faith and perseverance. He came to the level of a servant and even a proxy savior on behalf of his people, the Nephites, and even prayed for their enemies, the Lamanites. He had also received his calling and election made sure and entered into the rest of his Redeemer, which is eternal life. The Holy Spirit of promise sealed priesthood ordinances upon Enos. We, like Enos, are to ask the Lord regarding our state before God. We can obtain a personal revelation and then move forward to repent, make progress, and be made whole. I diligently sought the Lord and had my wrestle with the Lord. I was made whole before him, and I received a glorious baptism of fire from the hands of Jesus Christ. I pled mightily in an all-night prayer to be made clean and to become his servant. The purpose of a baptism of fire is to make us clean before the Lord, that we can progress and come into his presence. We can have many baptisms of fire throughout our life, but only one baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. We will know when our exalting ordinances have been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. It is the most sacred and holy experience directly 
with and in presence of our Savior. Section. My experience receiving a blessing, an ordination, and a sealing from Christ. I have sought diligently to study, learn, and understand the doctrine of Christ as taught in the scriptures. I have learned and practiced how to receive continual revelation. I understand and know how to mightily and sincerely repent. I am able to seek and receive numerous baptisms of fire. I continue to learn, seek, light, knowledge, and truth. God has been with me on every step of my journey and continually guides and directs me. I truly live in the palm of his hand of the Lord and am deeply grateful for his atonement, suffering, and dying for me. He has engraved me on the palm of his hand. Two weeks before I received my complete second comforter experience in his full glory, I was in my room pondering and praying and communing with the Lord. I was repenting and asking to know more of my end-time mission and assignments. Jesus Christ came to me and called and commissioned me to be his teacher and to teach the doctrine of Christ. I felt inadequate and overwhelmed. I struggled with having confidence to be able to teach effectively and the enormity of the task. I communicated to him that I was not prepared, didn't know enough, and that I'm still learning, etc., my fears and weaknesses. He reassured me that he would be with me, help me, guide me what to say and how to lead people uh, lead me to the people to teach and share the doctrine of Christ with. I tried to argue that I wasn't qualified or that I didn't know how to teach. He again lovingly reassured me that I know enough and to go forth with faith and he would help me continually. Finally, in humility, I learned it's best not to argue with the Lord and I said, Yea, Lord, I will go and do and try my best to do as you ask me. I will seek to be thy humble servant and teach and share the doctrine and your truths. He called me, blessed me, and ordained me to be his teacher and witness. He acted in the role of the Holy Spirit of promise as he sealed the anointing I had just received at his hands. It is a glorious time when Christ comes to visit you and calls, ordains, and seals the ordination. I was overwhelmed and humbled, and I continue to offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit each day as I enter in the new and everlasting covenant with him. This gave me leverage and confidence to seek my full second comforter experience, where I said, if I am your teacher and witness, then I desire to have the experiences that I can teach with greater power and first-hand knowledge and understanding. A calling, ordination, blessing, and the sealing of an ordination can and do come directly from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I was blessed with my full second comforter experience in his glory two weeks later. I testify of the reality of the re resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He lives. He has died for us, and he is there to help us every step of the way. He is our glorious Savior and Redeemer. His hands, wrists, and feet with the marks of the atonement are glorious to behold. He has paid the price for our sins and provided a way for us to live again, to be resurrected, and live with him eternally. Section Scriptural example of receiving a mighty baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. The following example in Scripture illustrates when Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of promise, sealed priesthood ordinances. This is an example that required divine intervention from an angel to help bring about a mighty change of heart. We learn from the story of Alma the Younger and the sons of Mosiah that were causing immense trouble in sinning. According to Alma the Younger's own admission, he fought against the Church of God trying to destroy it. He also worked to turn many members of the Church against the Church and was even responsible for their spiritual destruction. See Alma 36, verse 6 and 14. His wickedness and iniquities caused his soul to be racked with an inexpressible horror, and he suffered the pains of a damned soul for three days and three nights. Alma the Younger was taught the ways of the Lord by his father. Alma the Younger's father and the righteous member prayed mightily on behalf of Alma the Younger. By his father's righteousness and covenants, he merited a high level of intervention from divine beings on behalf of his son. 
Alma the Younger received his baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, which are always sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. As Alma stated, started to misbehave and enter his life of sin and transgression, Alma's father was so upset by his son's actions that he took the problem before the Lord. Honoring Alma's request, the Lord sent an angel to intervene and interrupt Alma the Younger's sinful behavior. See Alma 35, verses 6 through 9. Alma the Younger's path of sin and transgression ended with the divine intervention of an angel. He had a mighty change of heart and no more disposition to do evil. He was stricken for a period of three days and nights. See Alma 36.10. During this period, Alma the Younger had ample time to wallow in his sins he felt his soul was lost. He was racked with eternal torment. See verses 12 and 17. Alma the Younger was painfully aware of his guilt and his sins. He was compelled to be humble. He repented and called upon God for deliverance. Verses 18 through 19. According to Alma the Younger's own account, the Lord extended his mercy to him. He was born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. See verses 23 through 24. He experienced the sweet joy of repentance and forgiveness of sins. The Holy Spirit of promise, even Jesus Christ, sealed the ordinance of the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost on Alma the Younger because of his sincere repentance and crying out to the Lord and entering into the new and everlasting covenant. We, too, may experience the sweetness and joy that Alma the Younger experienced when the Holy Spirit of promise seals our priesthood ordinances upon us. We learn again and again the Lord is mighty to save all of us, that Jesus is no is so kind, loving, and merciful. There is hope for all of us, even the vilest of all sinners. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Heavenly Father can and does forgive sins as we sincerely repent. Offer up a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and enter into the new and everlasting covenant with him, and come to him. God has lovingly given us his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who has paid the price, sacrificed, and atoned for us, that we may repent and return unto, him, unto them. By the divine plan of gods, or Elohim, the word meaning gods, plural, a Savior was provided for us, even Christ the Lord, that we may seek him and seek eternal life and to live with them forever in glory. This is Elohim's work in glory, and greatest joy is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of mankind, their offspring of deity. Moses 139. Section Conclusions the Holy Spirit of Promise is a sacred role performed by Jesus Christ who seals exalting priesthood ordinances upon God's children. This is to make permanent or to ratify things have taken place while in the terrestrial realm, earth life. The most crucial thing we can do in this life is consistently and regularly enter into the new and everlasting covenant with our Father in Heaven. We need to do all that we can to keep and live our covenants. God always keeps all of his covenants perfectly. We are to offer a broken, humble, meek, receptive heart and the spirit that is contrite, which means pulverize down to the dust of the earth and be teachable. We are to plead to have his spirit with us, and he will baptize us with fire and the Holy Ghost. 3 Nephi 9.20 When we are living in the covenant, continually repenting, and are living righteously, we can receive the most significant ordinance for an individual to receive in this mortality, their baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Then we can become the sons and daughters of God and the elect of God. We return to the questions with which we began. Are we saved or well on our way to exaltation? Have we received the priesthood ordinances for our salvation? Are we on the path to ascend and receive eternal life in celestial glory? Have our priesthood ordinations been given by priesthood worthy? <laughs> by worthy priesthood holders who 
had their ordination sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise that they have authority in the priesthood from Jesus Christ? Have our own ordinations been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise? The answer to these questions largely depends on us. We need to ask God our standing before him, repent and follow his will in all things. We are to seek his blessings and goodness, mercy and grace. We would be wise to seek and receive all of our exalting ordinances from Jesus Christ and have them sealed by his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. Our personal priesthood ordinances are sealed upon us according to our obedience and worthiness. A sealing by the Holy Spirit of promise will occur in the Lord's timing and what is best for us and our mission. We trust in his purposes and plans for us as we continually enter into the new and everlasting covenant and offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit. How empowering to know that we can seek Jesus Christ and that he is always there for us. God is no respecter of persons, and he always wants to bless and help his children. It gives me great peace that I can seek and come to Jesus Christ, and that he personally will bless me, ordain us, no, that he personally will bless us, ordain us, sanctify us, and seal the ordination upon our heads. We can always rely on him and his role as the Holy Spirit of promise. It's up to us if we will fully seek him and come to develop a personal bond with our glorious Lord, Savior, and Redeemer. Whew, that was a long chapter. <laughs> so, postscript. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel really prompted to offer the disclaimer that I, I'm not sure I agree with everything in that chapter. But, like, who am I to you know, say whatever. We're just reading this book together. It, it's, um, uh, this author, Robert J. Charlton is, is offered his experiences, which there's, there's some many, uh, very significant and, and powerful things listed there. But, um, there, there's a few doctrinal points, um, that seem very, I don't know what the word is, uh, very, uh, jolting. Uh, it, it doesn't resonate with me at all um, on a couple points. But regardless, I, 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 my job is not here to sit here and critique all of this work, but to to read it, and with the spirit of discernment, you read it just as if we were reading the Apocrypha or reading the Scriptures. If we read in the Spirit, we'll get what we need. Um, apparently, there was a couple lines in there that <laughs> I didn't need or whatever because it, it definitely jolted me. But... Um, Regardless, go with the Spirit and uh, always follow the Lord. <laughs> Have a great day.